Shalom, greetings, welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth, which is 100% listener supported. Today we are looking at our weekly Torah portion for this week. Now again, just a reminder, if you're, if you're unsure what that is, uh, maybe you're new to the broadcast, you can go to the website, scriptureandprophecy.com, and at the very top, one of the menus is weekly tour portion. Click on that, you find all the archives for what we're doing here, and an article entitled, What is the Weekly Tour Portion? So I recommend that you go check that out. This week, uh, the tour portion is called Noach. Let me give you the portion summary from TorPortion.org. The second reading in the book of Genesis is named after Noah. In Hebrew, the name Noah is spelled Noach. The word Noach is related to the Hebrew word for rest. Genesis 5.29 says that his parents named him Noah because they hoped their son would give them rest, Nacham, from their toil. The contents of this section tell of this section Noah tell the story of Noah's flood, the Tower of Babel, and the beginning of the Abrahamic line. So basically the outline is this we have the depravity or the wickedness of humankind. Noah finds favor in God's eyes. The great flood comes, the great flood subsides, God makes some promises and a covenant with Noah. Then you have some talk about Noah and his sons. Nations descend from Noah, then you have the Tower of Babel in chapter 11, descendants of Shem, and descendants of Terah. Now, the times of Noah are extremely important for Christians today. So important, especially on a prophetic level. And we went over a lot of that in the very first Torah portion, and I went on my rant about the ignorance of people about what took place at the beginning of Genesis chapter 6. But also, I just want to remind you what Jesus said. So let's go, let's read seven verses real quick, and then we will start our portion for today. So if we go to Luke chapter 17, we have verses 20 through 27. Here's what it says. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and he said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo, here, or lo, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto his disciples, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part of heaven, so shall the Son of Man be in his day." But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. So I believe that that is a twofold prophecy. It had meaning for that generation. You know, uh, speaking specifically about 70 A.D. But I believe it also has a fulfillment in the very, very last days before the coming. Before the revealing. Before the end of time. 
People are going to be eating, they're going to be drinking, they're going to be marrying wives, they're going to be doing normal business. They've been warned over and over and over that judgment's coming. They ignore it. They say to themselves, we sit as a queen. Nothing could ever happen to us. But the day that Noah entered into the ark, in other words, the day that the righteous was removed or protected, the flood came and destroyed them all. So this is this portion, Noah, is extremely important for us to understand today. And when we get to the Tower of Babel, I, uh, I'll make an argument about that as well. All right, lots to get through. Uh, Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 through chapter 11. So let's begin. I'm going to read from the King James Version this morning. Starting with verse 9, Genesis chapter 6. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. We have to stop already and make a couple of interesting notes. Number two, or number one, it says that Noah was a just man. He was perfect in his generations. And some speculate, what does that mean? And of course, I don't know exactly, but I think it means means pretty much what it says. He was a righteous and upright man. It says that he walked with God, sort of like how Enoch walked with God. Of course, Enoch walked with God and he was taken, right, before the flood. Our first example of someone being removed from the earth. And then, of course, Noah was preserved through the flood. Uh, if you read Jewish commentary, it'll say that, uh, that Noah was, you know, perfect and righteous in his generation, meaning comparatively to the rest of the world. Uh, but I, I tend to lean towards Noah was just a righteous and holy man based on God's standards. Of course, we'll find out that Noah was far from perfect. Let's continue on. Verse 10, And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt of all flesh. For all it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without, and without pitch, with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, and the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth, to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life, from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee I will establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing, of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark, to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee, 
to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it into thee, and it shall be for food for thee, for them. Thus did Noah do, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Chapter 7 And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Of every clean beast that thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of the beast that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him, into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Of clean beasts, and of beasts that are not clean, and of fowls, and everything that creepeth upon the earth. There went in two and two unto Noah unto the ark the male and the female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventh day of the month, the same day were all the foundations of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they went in, and went in male and female of all flesh, as God commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. That's an interesting phrase to take note of. It says that the Lord shut Noah in. Just just another picture of God is in control of this protection that Noah and his family are going into. Noah didn't shut himself in. The Lord shut him in. Just an interesting phrase. Verse 17, And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the water increased, and bare up the ark. And it was lift above the earth, and the waters prevailed, and were increased greatly upon the earth. And the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life. Of all that was in the dry land died, and every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. 
and Noah only remained alive, and they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. Chapter 8 And God remembered Noah, and every living thing, and all the cattle that was with him in the ark, and God made a wind pass over the earth, and the waters assuaged. The fountains also of the deep, and the windows of heaven were stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually, and after the end of a hundred and fifty days the waters were abated. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of the month upon the mountains of Arat. And the waters decreased continually until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, were the top of the mountains seen. And it came to pass at the end of forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her, and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth. And he stayed yet another seven days. And he sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. And they came to pass. In the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the face of the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark, and he looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh and twelfth day of the month, was the earth dried. And God spake to Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee, all flesh, both of fowl and of cattle and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly in the earth, and be fruitful, and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth, and his sons and his wife, and his sons' wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl. And whatsoever creepeth upon the earth, after their kind went out from the ark. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took every clean beast, and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing that I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Please note, there's something interesting that I kind of take, took note of when I was reading uh, through this yesterday morning to prepare. The first thing is, is Noah, and we're going to talk about what names mean here in a minute uh, in Hebrew, but Noah's name means comfort or rest, and his parents named him Noah for he will give us rest from our toil. It almost seems like because of the curse of Adam, when they would, when bringing forth food would be difficult, and they would have to work the ground really hard with the sweat of their brow to produce food. It's almost like it was worse before the flood. 
than it is now. And God kind of makes that distinction. He says, And the Lord smelled a sweet savor of the Lord, and he said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground. Catch that? I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. And then God says something else is interesting. because He says, For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. He's like, look, first of all, there's two. the ground's not going to be cursed the way it was cursed, apparently. It's still cursed, but not like it was before the flood. It was what I believe is being taught here. But, and God's like, I'm not going to do it like that again because man is to, is just filthy right from the womb, right? Like man is evil right from the, the womb. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Well, maybe not from his womb, but from youth, right? Like he says, neither will I again smite any more of the living as I have done. And then he says, the seasons will go on as they're supposed to and from now on without interruption, right? There's going to be winter, there's going to be summer, there's going to be evening, and there's going to be night. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, and summer and winter, the day and night shall not cease. All right, let's continue on. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all fishes of the sea unto your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. But the flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, you shall not eat. Something important to note also. It's believed, and I believe, that before the flood, man didn't eat animals. We didn't eat meat. We ate the herbs. We ate the things that was produced by the earth. After the flood, God does give permission to eat the meat, but with some restrictions. You can eat the meat. The thing is, is God cares about the animal, right? Even though you've, man has been given dominion over it all, there's still God still cares about the creature and there's an expectation and there's a morality around how that is handled. Okay? And he says, But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall you not eat. And this is something that's continued even on to the Christian church. We can kind of see this reiterated in the book of Acts, chapter 15. I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but I just want to point this out. Go read Acts chapter 15. The issue is that some Jews were trying to force the Christians to obey their customs and everything and telling them that they can't be saved unless they get circumcised and unless they do all these things. And so they become to the council which is involves Peter and all this, and there's a ruling given forth about this. And this is the ruling, verse 19, chapter 15. Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. But then he does have some instructions for him. It's like, okay, you don't have to 
we're not troubling you, burdening you with all these laws, but there is some general expectations that you need to follow. This is what he says, verse 20. But write unto them that they abstain from the pollution of idols, from fornication, in other words, sexual immorality, and here's something related to food and animals, and from things strangled and from the blood. Okay? So that has continued on. All right. I'm not going to spend any more time there because we don't have that kind of time. Let's continue on. Verse 5. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast will I require it and at the hand of man. At the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. And you, be ye fruitful, and multiply. Bring forth abundantly in the earth, and multiply therein. And God spake unto Noah, and to his sons with him, saying, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, and of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark every beast of the earth I will establish my covenant with you neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by waters of a flood neither shall there be any more be a flood to destroy the earth and God said this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me the earth and it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud and I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the water shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh and the bow shall be in the cloud and I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth And God said to Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth. It's important to note the rainbow that you see in the sky that we all take for granted because it's just always been there, right? If there's some sunlight and there's some rain, you know to look in that direction and there's a chance you might see a rainbow. You have to remember before the flood there was no rain. It didn't rain. The earth was basically kind of like irrigated from below. And there was water above the firmament. Then when the flood came, that was opened up and it rained. Try to imagine seeing rain for the first time, but it had never rained before. So Noah's building this boat. And he's being mocked. And Noah's preaching. Preaching that they repent warning that judgment is coming he's building a boat and they're like why they don't the concept of rain and the whole earth flooding was was ridiculous not much not much different than from today when we're warning that these things are coming that judgment is coming that some Sodom and Gomorrah style judgments are predicted in the book of Revelation specifically for Mystery Babylon. And people mock and laugh. Even if you tell Christians 
The day is upon us. Right? It's time to get on the ark, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what do Christians say? Ah, every generation thought it was the last days. That's what I hear 99.9% of the time from fellow Christians. Every generation thought it was the last days. It's never rained before. Right? So maybe when we see that rainbow, we need to think a little deeper on it. When you see it in the sky, God says that when he does that, it's a reminder to him his, about his covenant with man, his everlasting covenant with man, that he would never again destroy the earth of the flood. Verse 18, And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Ham is the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. And Noah began to be a husbandman. And he planted a vineyard, and he drank the wine that, and was drunken and was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon their shoulders, and they went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew that the younger son had done unto him. And he said, Curse be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. God shall enlarge Japheth, and shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood three hundred and fifty years. And all the days of Noah were nine hundred and fifty years, and he died. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem and Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood, the son of sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Madiah, and Javan, and Tubal, and Masach, and Tyrus. And these are the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and Raphath, and Tagamorah. And these are the sons of Javan, Elisha, and Tarshish, Kitten, and Dodian. By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided into their lands, every one after his tongue in their families and in their nations. And the sons of Ham, Cush and Mitzrim, and Phut and Canaan. And the sons of Cush, Sheba, and Havilah, and Sabbatah, and Ra'amah, and Sabadakah. And the sons of Ra'amah, Sheba, and Dedan. And Cush begat Nimrod. And he began to be a mighty one in the earth. And he was a mighty hunter even before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And he began, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Arach, and Akkad, and Kalana in the land of Shinar. Out of the land went forth Asher, and builded Nineveh, and the city Raaboth, and Kala. And rest in between Nineveh and Kala, the same is a great city. And Mitzram begat Ludim, and Anaman, and Lahabim, and Nephathim, and Purasim, and Kalashahim, out of whom came Philistim, and Kaphtorim. And Canaan begat Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth. And the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the Gagasites, and the Hivites, and the Archites, and the Sinite, and the Avadite, 
and the Zimmerite and the Hamathite, and afterward were the families of the Canaanites spread abroad. And the border of the Canaanites from Sidon, as thou comest to Garir, unto Gaza, as thou goest unto Sodom and Gomorrah and Adamah and Zebium and even to Lasha. These are the sons of Ham after their families, after their tongues, in their countries, and in their nations. Unto Shem also the father of all children of Eber, the brother of Japheth the elder, even to him were children born. And the children of Shem, Elam, and Asher, and Arphasaxad, and Lud, and Aram. And the children of Amram, Uz, and Hul, and Gether, and Mash. And Arphasaxad begot Salah, and Salah begot Eber. And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg. For in his days was the earth divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Please note. Verse... We're just going through a genealogy right now, and a lot of times we gloss over this stuff and we think, oh, this is so boring, I can hardly pronounce the names, yada, yada, yada. But the thing about the Hebrew names is that the name itself meant something. It's not just a name. The name has a meaning. Okay? Here's what's beautiful. is If we look at the genealogy from Seth to Noah, it tells a story of the Savior. This is just more amazing proof that God is sovereign, so sovereign, even sovereign over how you're named. What does Jesus say in the book of John, Gospel of John? When he's talking to the religious leaders, he says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are that which testify of me. Jesus is saying, it all points back to me. Right here we have Peleg, and the Bible takes a minute to say the reason he was named Peleg is for in his days was the earth divided. Well, the name Peleg in Hebrew means divided. Let me just tell you, let me just take one minute before we continue reading. The genealogy of Adam through Noah. And I'll tell you what each each word means. You have Adam, which means man. Seth, which means appointed. Enosh, which means mortal. Kenan, which means sorrow. Mahalel, which means the blessed God. Yared, shall come down. Enoch, means teaching. Methuselah, means his death shall bring. Lamach, means despairing. And Noah, means comfort or rest. So if you have that genealogy and you know Hebrew and you know the meaning of each of those words, when you read that genealogy, you have a story. Here's what the story says. Man is appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God shall come down teaching. His death shall bring the despairing comfort or rest. If that isn't... If that's the first time you've heard that, and that's not making the hair stand up on your arms, I don't know what will. That's the power. That's why the Bible tells you all these names. They mean stuff. Not only that, if you were a a Hebrew, you would try to track your genealogy back to these great patriarchs. And you needed the list of the genealogy to do that. It was important. 
continuing on. We're running out of time. Peleg, for his days in the earth were divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. And Joktan begot Amaladad, and Shelef, and Hazmaraveth, and Jera, and Hadaram, and Uzel, and Dikla, and Obal, and Abilmial, and Sheba, and Ophir, and Havilah, and Joab. And these were the sons of Joktan. And their dwellings was from Mesa, and that goes up to Safar, a mount of the east. These are the sons of Shem, after their families, after their tongues, their lands, and their nations. These are the families of the sons of Noah, after their generations, in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. And they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go, too, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they shall have all one language. And this they begin to do, and how nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confounded their language, and they may not understand one another's speech. Please note, here's God again referring to himself as us. What does God say? Let us go down. The other thing to be noted is we are living in a time where we have a Tower of Babel once again that's united all humanity under one thought and under one language. It's called the Internet. It's prophetic, friends. There was a time when all humanity was united under one kind of thought, under one kind of language, the time of Tower of Babel, and God said, nope, that's not my design uh, I'm going to go down and wreck that. Not much has changed. There's nothing new under the sun. Yes, it has a different name and it's under a different, it's done a different way. But in so many ways, it's the same thing. And so he says, verse 7, go to let us go down there and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and left off to build that city. Therefore the name of it is called Babel because the Lord did there confound the languages of all the earth and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of the earth. These are the generations of Shem. Shem was a hundred years old and he begot Arphaxad two years after the flood and Shem lived after he begot Arphaxad five hundred years and he begot sons and daughters. And Arphaxad lived five and thirty years and begot Selah. And Arxaphad lived after he begot Selah four hundred and three years, and begot sons and daughters. And Selah lived thirty years, and begot Eber. And Selah lived after he begot Eber, after four hundred and three years, and he begot sons and daughters. And Eber lived four and thirty years, and begot Peleg. And Eber lived after he begot Peleg four hundred and thirty years, and begot sons and daughters. And Peleg lived thirty years, and begot Reu. And Pegah lived after he begot Reu two hundred and nine years, and begot sons and daughters. And Reu lived but two and thirty years, and begot Sireg. 
And Rio lived after he begot Sirig 207 years and begot sons and daughters. And Sirig lived 30 years and begot Nahor. And Surlug lived after he begot Nahor 200 years and he begot sons and daughters. And Nahor lived 9 and 20 years and he begot Terah. And Nahor lived after he begot Terah 119 years and he begot sons and daughters. And Terah lived 70 years and he begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity and Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Norah took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, and a daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abraham's wife, and they went forth from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred years and five years, and Terah died in Haran. And that is the end of our portion for this week. Portia Noach, the story of Noah, the story of the flood, the story of the Tower of Babel. And look, there's a lot of things that we could have went into that we just didn't have time. We could have talked about Nimrod and the whole phrase, he became a Gibberim. In the Septuagint, it says that he became a giant. I'll let you dig into that information yourself. You know, there's just so much to, to, to see and so much to cover. Um, I've covered this story many times. We did a book of Genesis study. We did Torah portion a couple years ago. I'm sure that there was other things that I went into that I haven't went into this time and vice versa. Uh, because we just, I try to just let uh, the spirit lead me and I talk about the things that I feel like God was wanting me to talk about this time around. And so if there's something you felt like I skipped over or didn't pay enough attention to, I probably have done it and other studies when we've done this it's just we don't just regurgitate everything we let God show us something new and so I pray that you've been blessed this morning I pray that this work is really piercing your hearts and really helping you to understand God's word better and to draw closer to him if you're being blessed by this please consider supporting it it's 100% listener supported uh, we don't have sponsors and all these things so uh, if you're being blessed by it, please consider doing that by going to scriptureandprophecy.com. And if you're not in a position to do that, your prayers are equally coveted. Thank you for listening. I pray that you be blessed. Lord willing, we'll be back again on Friday morning. Peace and grace be with you all. And until next time, God bless. <laughs>